Just like the rest of nature, my body and my business operate best when I let things be cyclical in nature, meaning there are seasons to rest, seasons to hatch new ideas. There are times to build on those ideas, times maybe to bring them out into the world, and then times to pause and reflect long enough to get wise. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. This is where high achievers and leaders come to work healthier, not harder. Where hustle culture zigs, we zag, so you can thrive in your career, health, and relationships. My name is Carly Fain. I'm a celebrity business and boundary coach, and whether I'm working with Grammy award-winning artists, professional athletes, Fortune 50 CEOs, or just folks that enjoy both progress and the present moment, my intention is to make sure that you have both a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly. And if this is your first time joining us, well, this is a really fortuitous meeting. This is the start of an entirely new season together focused on navigating change. And when I think about navigating change, I think immediately about how on some level, maybe unconsciously, we want to know the outcome at least a little bit. We wonder things like, okay, how's it going to pan out when it's time for a new job or for me to change this career or to start a business or to leave a business? Or will this first date be miraculous love at first sight or tedious non-match over really expensive coffee? Or will this body heal from this diagnosis? Or are things going to have to adapt? Will I be saying goodbye to somebody in a year from now? Or two years from now, will this pandemic release us from the endless waves of change it presents? Or sometimes we just wonder, are the kids really going to walk this new puppy if I say yes and bring him home? And yet, when my knowing visits me, I am aware of how my clients and I often report our most memorable and meaningful experiences of living and working are often in moments when we were wondering seemingly meandering, and suddenly we were called to a moment of awe. Inspiration or insight, it visited us, and it felt extra bright because we had been walking through the dark for a little bit. And so I'm reminded that it's not only answers that soothe us. It is presence to what is and a sense of being close to who and what we value in the moment that gives us lives and work rich with meaning and purpose and thriving even when we don't know the outcome yet. For example, it's spring right now in Brooklyn, New York, where I am this week. And yesterday I sat on the wooden bench outside of Absolute Coffee, sipping my matcha tea and wiping croissant flakes that fell like a confetti on my wool skirt. And as the breeze was blowing by, it was fresh. And I realized that this year, unlike the past few years, Spring isn't merely a short jolt between an icy winter and a sweltering summer. Spring in the Northeast is in no rush this year. It is fully expressing itself in the moment. It is its own luscious season, taking its sweet time. And the tulips in the gardens protected from peeing by dogs by those small little iron fences in the city around trees, well, they have time 
to bloom and to bow. And so do we in small pockets if we dare. Because to live and to lead in this moment is to agree to walk a longer bridge with change. To navigate the path of transition not as something to fix quick, to come in hot with all the answers and to get out of. Instead, we must ask the better questions. Questions that lead us to the best of what is possible next and questions that sustain us during a longer walk. In a way, we are all being asked to be poets and visionaries. And here's what I mean when I say that. Poets, they summon the courage to walk attentively in the world with open eyes and open hearts. I think of Amanda Gorman, poets who are able to see things and they ask questions about what they see. And the work they create, it soothes us, not because it has all the answers, but because it speaks of what is true and how we can live different lives and yet know the same thing. As somebody just said to me in the Boundary Academy, we can be on different pages, but still be part of the same book. And when Cornelius Eighty said in her poem, A Small Moment, quote, some days I feel my duty, some days I love my work, end quote. We nod. We know something about feeling duty on some days and feeling work on other days. We feel perhaps something like kinship. Maybe kinship to Cornelius Eddy for saying that. Kinship to that dance we do between duty and what we love. Maybe even kinship to each other as we're aware that if Cornelius and I am feeling like this, there's got to be other people feeling the same way too, right? And when I say visionaries, what I mean is visionaries recognize what they want to experience next. And then they take action to create what is missing. And so this season, as we talk about navigating change, I have sought out the experts on transition. We've got CEOs, we have an international slam poet, an image architect, an industry visionary, a positive psychologist, a neurodiversity coach, all people who have been walking the bridge of change for a long time and can share the best of how we navigate from one place to the next with grace, allyship, and nourishment. This is how we can make progress and still thrive in the present moment, how we can stay malleable enough to evolve even when now is hard. So don't believe the cliche that there's no book on how to forge a new path. There absolutely is. It resides within you. You write it every day with your thoughts. You vision it every time you have a hunch or idea. But if you're like me, hearing your internal poet or visionary over the sound of fear or uncertainty is particularly tricky in a moment of change. And clarity goes a long way when I need to make decisions. You too? (laughs) So I designed a guide to be the framework for you to gather your wits and wisdom. It is going to show you how to combine what you know to be true with our guests' proven methods and insights and mix them into a sturdy concrete that's going to act as solid pillars supporting the bridge of your change. So this navigating change guide is totally free. You can head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to download it. Do yourself the respect of having a sturdy place to listen to each of these episodes and get the best from it. And here's what we're going to do together today. Two main things. First things first, I'm going to take you on a brief walking tour of our new seasonal format and what you can expect from it. And then 
We will lay the foundation for those sturdy pillars I'm talking about. So between now and our first guest who joins us next week, you already have something steady to walk upon. Now, as I take you on this podcast walking tour, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because one of my goals for us this season is to make sure that every episode is like rich, dark chocolate. All the goods, no fluff. But if you ever have questions, be in touch anytime. And (laughs) kind of laughing a little bit to myself over here. You can tell I'm a child of the 80s and 90s because when I think about taking you on a walking tour, I keep hearing the Montel Jordan song, this is how we do it, playing in my mind here. So this is how we do it on the Messy and Magnificent podcast for this season. One goal I have is I want to revolutionize the podcast format that exists currently to meet this moment. Because us leaders, who are the go-to people for everyone, what we don't need tons more of is information. There is so many options out there. What we're really craving in this moment is transformation. And so each season of Messy and Magnificent is now set up to have not just information, but to facilitate positive and lasting transformation. See, when we just consume more info, we can start to feel really stuffed with ideas, but still heavy and kind of stuck in place. But when we add in a layer of connection, that is when the information begins to catalyze within us. That is when we have aha moments and lasting shifts that take place. So each season of Messy Magnificent is now set up like a powerful six-week go-at-your-own-pace workshop with me and all the other experts in the field we're bringing in who are going to go really deep into a subject that matters to you. So this season, of course, is about navigating change. And as I've already mentioned, there's the guidebook that goes with it. It is incredibly beautiful and rich. I can't wait for you to see it and to create your own system for navigating change within it. So go ahead, grab that. I'll put a link to it in the show notes or it's carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. And then every week there is going to be a super short and powerfully nourishing live moment on social media with that week's guests where you're going to get to come and ask them your own questions. So if you want to know the list of dates and times, you can head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast, or it's in the guidebook, and you'll know exactly where to meet us and when that's going to be really exciting, something really new and different. And I can't wait for you to get to know these inspiring leaders like I do. And then finally, Each season, there is going to be one live public recording of Messy and Magnificent where you can be on the show with me and other community members from around the world will join us and we'll actually do a mini workshop together where we go even deeper into the theme of this season. So go ahead, mark your calendar right now because on May 11th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, the renowned Dr. Maria Serwa will be co-presenting Hunting the Good, Seeking and Savoring What is Working During Change with me. And you could be there live as part of this workshop and featured on an upcoming episode. Gosh, it'll be so much fun to record with you. I have no idea how this is going to go, but I know it's going to be good. And everything that I've just mentioned, all of the ways we're weaving real meaningful connection into this season are totally free. But could you please do me a favor? I need your help. Would you help me get the word out that we're doing this? If you love this episode and this idea, or you know somebody else who's navigating change right now, and frankly, who isn't, please tell them about this season. 
Really, get practical. Think of three people who might like this and text them a link, okay? That would mean the world to me and probably the world to them. We really do rise well together and I could use your help connecting this work to as many great humans as we can. All right, so now we're gonna visit the four sturdy pillars of change. And what we're really doing here is I wanna create a foundation with you for the upcoming interviews you're about to hear during this season. So we're gonna dust off any mental cobwebs. You can expect as we go over these four sturdy pillars to get really clear about where you are, what you value, and what makes sense to focus on now. And of course, if you're using the guidebook, you can go even deeper into this. But I want you to just keep an eye and an ear out for the one pillar that's really speaking to you right now. What stands out? That's going to be the one to focus on between now and our next episode together. This episode is brought to you by Navigating Change. This is a course I have had the honor to teach for years with my dear friend and preeminent thought leader in the field of positive psychology, resilience, and authenticity, Dr. Maria Sirwa. If change is on you like a heat on a jalapeno, I hope you'll join us live in person at Kripalu Center in June of 2022. But in the meantime, you can RSVP to attend a live recording of Messy and Magnificent with Maria and I on May 11th, where you'll get to explore one of our favorite models for navigating change well. Save your spot via the link in the show notes or head on over to carlyfane.com forward slash RSVP. And even if you can't attend live, RSVP anyway, and we'll send you the recording the next day. This is totally free. It's my treat and an extra special way we can gather our wits and wisdom as a community together. Go grab your spot. I can't wait to see you soon. So pillar one of sturdiness during change is including your heart. So when change is in our lap, by choice or not, and we, f- we often feel something bubbling up within us, and that fire of change can be on us like heat on a jalapeno. And sometimes the biggest challenge a lot of us face is actually saying the words, putting words to those feelings, sitting, waiting in the depths of our heart, Maria Sirwa, we've been teaching this program called Navigating a Graceful Transition for years. And this year, we're adding to the course what we're calling a glossary of change. Because finding the right words can help us navigate the changes in our life. Here's an example. I don't know if you remember when Adam Grant's article in the New York Times came out in the middle of the pandemic, but he reminded us of the word languishing. And before I move on, just know that any person or article or resource I mention in the show will be listed with hyperlinks in the show notes. So if it speaks to you, you can go, you know, learn more about it. But when Adam Grant brought up the word languishing, there was a sense of relief that many of us felt for having a term to articulate the space that we're in. Did it change the fact that we were languishing? No, (laughs) at least not instantly it didn't, but it certainly did normalize this experience. So how do we do that for ourselves? How do we find the words that help us navigate the moment? Well, just know that on next week's episode, I sit down with Gail Danley. She is the national and international poetry slam champion and a Maryland Library Associate Poet of the Year. And Gail grew up in a time and a place where she felt undervalued. 
Outside of the home, women in her community did not enjoy the privileges that perhaps you and I do today. And so she was searching for her identity and a sense of self-worth. And she turned to weaving words into poetry. And through that process, she found the courage to express her truth. So know that if you're still trying to find the words that describe where you're at right now, Gail is going to guide you through that process so that we can challenge perceptions, navigate change, process loss, and welcome in the best of what's to come. But for now, let's do our foundational inquiry into this pillar together. And I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes moment here. So whenever we have a guest on the show, we, you know, chit chat for a little bit about the structure of the interview. And then when it's time to record, I always ask them the same question. And we often edit it out. And all you hear is their pause and then answer to that question. That is how their interview begins. And I'm going to ask you the same thing. What is one thing in your heart that wants to be heard? What is one thing in your heart that wants to be heard? And can you be a scientist for a moment, free of judgment, just noticing what comes up, whether it makes logical sense or not, and maybe even hold what comes up with tenderness and respect, even if it's not the way you want to be feeling? Like, for example, generally, I do pretty well with change. But when I think of change today, I'm in the middle of moving. All I can like think of immediately is the idea of more boxes and more papers to sort through. I immediately feel a sense of, ugh, not more of this. So the inquiry here would be, can I wrap the parts of me that feel, ugh, not more of this in kindness and noticing rather than judgment? And when I do that, something in me softens. I stop resisting the way I feel, which just takes so much energy and doesn't help anyway. So what about you? What is one thing your heart says right now? Is it loud and full of words or images or Montel Jordan song lyrics? Is it silence or something else? What can you notice? And then let's talk about pillar two of sturdiness during change. So we just talked about including the heart. Now we're going to talk about acknowledging the brain. Because we can't talk about the heart without also talking about the head. Because most of us, myself included, the second our heart has a feel, our brain comes in with all sorts of commentary about that. So even just now, when I thought, ugh, not more of this, my brain immediately went to, Carly, get over it. Come on, move through. You're almost done with the packing. Or you should be able to handle this better. Or all the other ways I gaslight what actually is true for me in the moment. So when we're starting to land on the words or the feelings that we're noticing bubbling up within our core, we've got to make sure that we're mentally ready to approach it. And when it comes to thinking about change, maybe resistance and fear don't have to always be the first stop on the journey. The tech news website, Inc.com, had an article recently by Jeff Pruitt where he put together the list of the top five TED Talks to get your team excited for transformation. And I'll be honest, that kind of title normally is like a knot in my stomach. I am not interested in anything that feels like major hype, but I am so glad I leaned into that article at the recommendation of our researcher, Aaron, because one thing that Jeff Pruitt says in there is that a lot of us have learned that we have to either adapt or die, right? We have to make a quick pivot. But for many of us, that isn't 
the most effective way to navigate change. And this whole adapt or die thing, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. That's exhausting in and of itself. No wonder we feel stressed. Pruitt goes on to say, quote, we naturally tend to resist change, especially when it's imposed upon us. But change doesn't have to be hard. It's all about how it's positioned. And I'm going to be frank. Some changes just are really hard. But knowing how we can position ourselves to handle even the difficult ones is key. And his prescription for navigating change, including taking care of your mind right out of the gate. And when I get to thinking about the mind and the psychology of change, I immediately begin to think of the work of Jack Mason Goodall, who we are fortunate to also have as a guest here on this season. And Jack is the founder of Autism Optimism International. This is an organization that supports and trains families and professionals and employers of neurodiverse people around the world. And Jack's real work is to facilitate relationships based on understanding, acceptance, and compassion for all different types of people, really for any human striving for a deeper understanding of how our thinking works. So let's begin our foundational inquiry into the psychology of the way you approach change with the following prompt question. And this one is going to ask you to hone your discernment, something my clients who do well during change practice. Ready? What is one way you can tell the difference between what is just a false sense of urgency and what is truly important? I'll say it again. What is one way you can tell the difference between what is just a false sense of urgency and what is truly important? important. I know when I brought this question up in the Boundary Academy, a couple women said, you know, when something is a false sense of urgency, I feel a tightness in my chest. I feel like I have to address it right away. I feel like I'm get tunnel vision. Whereas when something feels truly important, I get clear. I actually look forward to addressing it. I feel grounded or I feel more solid. I feel like I'm in integrity. So That's the question for you to hold. How do you discern the difference between what is false urgency and what is truly important? Now, as we talk about the third pillar of sturdiness during change, we've already looked at the internal process of including your heart and acknowledging your head. Now, let's walk from the internal across the bridge to how you show up externally in the world during times of change. There was a recent article by Mark Mortensen and Heidi Gardner in the Harvard Business Review reporting how leaders have fallen into this trap of binary thinking, meaning they feel like they have to choose between compassion or performance. And they mentioned this survey of about 300 senior business leaders in which 61% reported they're struggling to balance employees' need for support with their company's drive for high performance. And it got me to thinking, what if we modified this a little bit here. And rather than looking at it from a dynamic of management and employee, we looked at it from a perspective of me and myself, meaning you and yourself, as in how do you balance your needs for support right now with your job to still be productive or to feel like you're contributing or that you're making some level of progress? Now, Mortensen and Garner emphasize the value of holding compassionate conversations that allow you to highlight what is, at its core, a capacity issue. 
What do you honestly have capacity for right now? So for you personally, in order to show more compassion to yourself, it might be time to consider how you can prune back on the things that no longer give you life or nourishment and lean towards what does. This is a generosity of self-care kind of move that allows us to show up for others. And there is nobody better to help us learn the generosity of self-care than Erica Cartledge. Now, Erica worked in finance for years before transitioning to be an image architect, where she now helps people visualize the changes going on inside to reflect the holistic process of designing something new, fresh, and confident on the outside. And she flips the notion of personal appearance as being vain or selfish on its head. You're going to hear when she visits us this season, the conversation we had about the emotional importance of our individual approach to self-care and how those things hanging in your closet offer deeper revelations about the space we think we deserve to occupy in the world. So if you're ready to clean out your closet, literally or metaphorically, you're going to love that episode. But for right now, let's start with this foundational inquiry. And you could be literal or more metaphoric with this. Maybe start with the literal and just see where it takes you. It might be surprising how deep it goes. What is one thing hanging in your closet right now that doesn't need to be there? And why? Why is it no longer of service to you? Is it something that you don't fit into anymore? And so it just makes you feel bad about what your shape or your size is? Is it something that you bought and it still has the tags on it so you just feel guilty because you haven't used it yet? What does it need to be there and why? And then on the flip side, I want you to also consider what is one thing in your closet that you just love? It brings you joy and satisfaction when you see it. And why is that? What is that about? All right, we're on to our fourth pillar of sturdiness during change, visioning forward. So once we've discovered what it is we're feeling called to do next, and we found language to describe that, and we've acknowledged the space we want to step into next in the world, now let's talk about what happens moving forward. Specifically, we're going to take a beat here to talk about what's going on inside the world of work. Specifically, what's not working anymore? Really understanding change means we need to reach back for a moment. Really understanding the ways we want to move forward means we need to reach back for a moment to understand how the workplace structured was built to begin with. So if you think about it, we have had a patriarchal workplace paradigm for hundreds of years. And the practice of management has kind of been frozen in time in this sense of hierarchy, this patriarchal sense of a boss has a boss has a boss. And we know that that's not working anymore for a number of reasons, but here's just a couple. First, 70% of American workers are reporting that they are no longer engaged with the work that they're doing. And second, productivity in general has been in decline for decades. In fact, There were some big takeaways from a recent Gallup poll that revealed that employees don't necessarily hate the company or the organization that they're working for where they're not feeling engaged as much as they don't like their bosses. Employees, especially the star employees, join a company, but they quit their manager. And it may not be the manager's fault so much, 
Uh, these managers have been taught how to do hierarchy, and they haven't been prepared to coach in the new workforce. Gallup's analytics came from 160 different countries, and it concluded that organizations should change from having command and control managers to high-performance coaches. And why high-performance coaching as the new leadership model? Because millennials demand development over immediate satisfaction. It turns out they don't care as much about the ping-pong tables and the free coffee and cereal bars that were all the rage a few decades ago. They want significant growth. And we are all being called to transform the way we show up for our work in whatever format that is. And what we're seeing is that it's no longer about bosses with big offices. It's about empathetic leaders who have the skills to coach their teams to greatness. And this begins by changing what our leaders believe and how they lead. So to demonstrate what this new area of leadership looks like, I invited Emily Pritchard. She's the CEO of The Socialites and an award-winning industry innovator to the show. And she talked about what it's like to lead as a coach rather than from a hierarchical high horse in very practical and pragmatic ways. And her model of building an entrepreneurial ecosystem that regenerates itself and supports everyone at every level is genius. And so let's pause here for a moment and do one foundational prompt inquiry. Ready? In preparation for the episode that you're going to get to have with Emily and the live, if you join us live, here's what I want you to consider. What is one way that I could coach myself towards success rather than force myself towards success? Another way of saying that is, if I was talking to myself like a great coach would, what would I tell myself about this moment? If I was talking to myself the way a great coach would, what would I tell myself about this moment? So we covered a lot today. We did a walking tour of the new podcast format, and then we went through these four pillars of sturdiness during times of change so that we can prime ourselves with these deep prompts before the upcoming episodes. But as we wrap today's conversation, I just want you to consider the microbiome. Navigating change happens thanks to a well-functioning ecosystem of individual parts. That's that holistic approach we were talking about at the top of this episode. And these parts work together when we include the heart, acknowledge the head, think about how we want to present ourselves externally, and then eventually vision and take action towards what gets us to the other side. And hopefully we get there with a little more wisdom and poise than the last time we navigated change. This season, you are going to learn to see and navigate change in really life-giving ways. So no need to worry about sweaty palms or stressful sleepless nights. For this season of episodes, you are going to have the tools you need to navigate change with grace and humanity and clarity. And I really do encourage you to put your thoughts in the Navigating Change guidebook. But don't just keep your thoughts to yourself. Bring them to our community of care. Tell me in a review on iTunes or in a social media post or in one of our lives, what is one word, thought, or phrase from today's episode that you don't want to forget? Your words matter. 
And I would love to hear what's true for you and be able to talk with you live or give you a shout out on social media or an upcoming episode. And stay tuned because today's conversation charts a course to our next episode next week with Gail Danley, who delivers a warm cup of courage to get us noticing how capable you are and able to replace doubt with clarity. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. And one way to work healthier, not harder, is to be part of a community care model where you're appreciated even for your messy parts and celebrated for your magnificence. And by golly, are you magnificent. I am so thankful that you are part of this messy and certainly magnificent community. Each episode here is only the beginning of our lifelong conversation together. Head on over to carlyfane.com for the full show notes from this episode and some extra special resources for high achievers that you won't find anywhere else.